In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Okay, I have a question for you. What do you feel entitled to? Okay, when you say that entitled, do you mean like to a cup of flavored coffee first thing in the morning, as in my pumpkin spice? And I have peppermint mocha, which by the way, this is the first time I've seen peppermint mocha sugar-free. It's out there. Ooh, yes, okay. yes. But you're right. We do feel entitled. Well, maybe it's just you and I. But even at Thanksgiving, at my sister's house, we were all spending the night. And as soon as we woke up, my brother and I are looking at her going, where's our coffee? <laughs> so you do. You feel that entitlement. It's have, my right to have that coffee. Yes, I have to have it. And you need to serve me, <laughs> apparently. Well, welcome to Girlfriend It. And we want to rally you to do the remarkable. This is Patty and Lisa. And today we are talking about entitlement. Well, let's go on a serious note. Because we talk, Patty, with women all the time who have been night been denied certain rights, their rights, their entitlements, such as a healthy childhood, or maybe coming from a safe home environment, or maybe living within a healthy and safe marriage. They are not experiencing those, which we think should be a right. Yes, absolutely. An entitlement. Well, we are passionate to create opportunities for women to experience the hope and the healing, even if they find themselves in those kind of situations. And for us, we have adopted kind of four words that we like to use that frame our philosophy, and and they would be leading, uh, learning how to love better, and constantly learning, and then laughing. And those four L's kind of really encompass everything that you have we, me at laughing i that's, know you do that's the core value that's our core value you must have fun amidst all your learning and leading and loving you must have fun well today we are talking about various avenues of entitlement especially relating to kids and teens and this show today will provide discussions and tips and resources for you as a parent and each for each one of us individually as we try to lead our own lives and try to examine Maybe areas of our life, maybe where we feel entitled to, but maybe is it really an entitlement of ours, or is it just a, a wishful thinking? Is this going to hurt me? It could. As it could be. It could be painful. It could be painful. I know. Exam. <laughs> well, our first guest today is a woman who is passionate for young women. Pastor Barb Pruitt is the executive pastor at Faith Builders Church in Phoenix, and she has a heart for women and young girls. Her vision is to minister to young girls who have come to fruition through her ministry called Esther's Court. And Barb is a motivational speaker and an awesome woman of God. And we are just so excited to welcome Barb to Girlfriend It today. How are you, Barb? Hello, girls. I'm doing really good. Thank you. 
Well, we love having you on the show, and we want to just kind of jump in a little bit and would love to hear a little bit about you, your personal story, and your background as we lead into talking about your work and your passion with young women. So can you kind of just give us a little summary? Absolutely. I have to start off with saying I believe that coffee is the will of God, too, girls. (laughs) I always said when I study the Word, I get my Bible out, my notebook, and I grab my coffee because that ushers the presence of the Lord. (laughs) So we are definitely kindred sisters. (laughs) I have to ask you a personal question then, Barb. At what point did you feel that you were entitled to that cup of coffee? Was it your <laughs> 20s, your 30s? You know what? It would probably be in my 20s, and I went you know, through this health kick and awareness of eating right, and so I took one year off of coffee, and I just decided that isn't the will of God. I have <laughs> to have the right. That's my one little, I'm going to have it, <laughs> and I drink it. I drink it like a man. I like it really dark and no cream and no sugar. So, our, our producer, um, she is like kind of going through some coffee. Oh. Yeah. She's like <laughs> clean eating and same Bless thing. She cream. It's like black and honey or something. Yeah. So, <laughs> It's crazy when people go on those like major streaks like well, that. And yeah. Patty is a late bloomer to the coffee addiction. It took her a while to kind of get into the to the zone with us, but now okay. she's addicted and she's officially yes. one of us. So she's yeah. crossed over. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> but um, I tell you what, I've been in ministry for I can't believe I'm saying this twenty years now, mm. and I'm just passionate about kingdom things. And I've done children's ministry and youth ministry and inner city outreach and just every part of my journey has been amazing, but the last couple years, the Lord has really opened the door. I have such a passion and a love for girls to really come into the fullness of who they are in Christ and seeing God break them free from life, you know, where there's been abandonment and rejection or maybe abortion or abuse, and I am just so passionate about reaching the heart of women, and that's definitely the season I'm in right now. Well, and you know, it, it's so sad is because as we listen to stories like you do, it, it seems to be rampant. And, mm-hmm. and it's like you ask yourself, going, has it always been this prevalent? Or are we just talking about it more and exposing it more in, in women and girls' lives? Because this abuse, and that's what breaks your heart, is mm-hmm. like, it, it is, you just hear of it way too much. You do. And I think what I'm, what I'm finding is women just don't know how to find the Lord intimately for that inner healing that they need. You know, they're going to church, and I have found our human nature is so amazing. We're so good at pushing down our pain, especially women. We are not first on the list anymore. Husbands are first. Children are screaming at us. Life is screaming at us. The laundry, all of that. And so we take our hidden pain, and we have shoved it down so deep that I think sometimes we even forget that the pain is there. And that's the beauty that we're really discovering through Esther's Court is I have had women Women come in literally from 16 years to in their 60s, and one of the sessions we deal with um, hidden shame and the failure and disappointments in life, and literally women in their 60s have had things that they're hiding that they've never even told their husbands before, that they've never even spoke of before, and so my heart is, is to get deep down in the heart of these hidden brokenness, you know, open it up, pull that garbage out, and just replace it with the love of God. And I, I love that, Barb. I, I, I do think um, that women, like you said, even in, in their 60s, that they're just um, mm-hmm. hiding the shame. Yes. And 
you're just living these life, living your life without even realizing that you have that. And you just start ignoring it to the point that I don't know if it's a generational thing that Mm -hmm. we talk about it more now, like you were saying, Lisa, or, um, it has it always been there, but I, I really do think it's always been there. We just now we're allowing ourselves things that our moms would have never talked about. Absolutely. I think that we're saying it's okay to mm-hmm. share your feelings and your emotions and get some of that junk out of there. Well, and for so many women, like just last week I was having a conversation with a young woman at who had experienced abuse, even some spiritual abuse and her past, which you're hearing about that more and more, mm-hmm. you know, in the name of the Lord, things have been horrendous things have been done to girls. And she, at this point as an adult, feels like she does not deserve God. And so she really Mm. wants to love God and wants to give her life to God, but she doesn't feel like she deserves God. And so just getting past that, those feelings to work Mm -hmm. with that, because it's one thing to know in your head, and you can tell these people and tell each other all day long, you you know, no, no one deserves it. It's a gift from God, but it is so hard for them because there is so much of that shame and guilt Mm -hmm. that they're living with that, that just, they can't get past that. Mm -hmm. And I, I think what what God is doing right now is He's saying, you know what, I'm going to highlight my girls. I think that there's just such a sweet anointing right now that the time that we're living in the church that God is saying it's about the girls, you know, that He really wants to go deep from the inside out and heal these women so that they can live full lives. They can live their dreams and desires. And I always say it's never too late. It's never too late for what you're, why you're here on earth to live your purpose. It's just a matter of letting God, you know, it's a season where it needs to be about us girls. You know, girls need to have the courage to go, you know what, it's about me right now. And that's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, how do you, some of the, let's just kind of break this down because some of these gals, what are some of the first steps you walk them through? You had said earlier you mm-hmm. help them expose and bring it out and then get rid of it and replace it. What is the getting rid of it? Because that's quite a process sometimes. It really is. You know, when um, in the mentorship process, we really take a couple of weeks and we focus on their purpose and why they're here on earth and how God created them. We, ex- we show them their value and their worth. We take a couple weeks to just really open up the word and just show them who they are in Christ as women and why they're here. Um, and then about the fourth week in, it's about an eight-week program, but about the fourth week in is when we start going in and unlocking the failure and the shame and the disappointments. And in that process, I really teach them that God is their secret keeper. And that not our best friends, not our parents, because there's some things we just can't trust people with because girls girls aren't always good secret keepers. Mm -hmm. And so in that whole session, I aim them towards God and really teaching them their intimacy with Christ and how to have a relationship with him and how he's the lover of their soul. And I explain a process I went through of really letting Jesus be the deep lover of my heart and filling all of my voids and and how I went through that. And if we have time, maybe I can share that story. But I call it the great exchange. And so when God begins to surface the garbage and the hurts and the pain, we're not going to embrace them again. We're not going to relive them. That's not why they're coming up. But we're going to do the great exchange. We're going to take it and we're going to cast it at the feet of Jesus according to his word. And then we reach up and we grab his unconditional love and we replace that hole or that emptiness with the depth of God's love. 
And we really have seen, I mean, I've got testimonies after testimonies that said my life has completely been transformed because they've learned to replace that brokenness with the love of God. Well, you know what you're saying? You're in. You're saying a lot that we need to unpack as we come back into our next segment because we're about ready to take a break okay. um, about this whole process and, and the exchange and letting go and, and um, kind of grabbing on to, because that is still hard to do, mm-hmm. to replace. And that is a conscious decision that we each one of us has to make in our lives every day to delete certain aspects of our lives to embrace other things. So as we let's go into a commercial break and go ahead and grab a cup of coffee if you're listening yes. and uh, join us in our coffee addiction. And then we're going <laughs> to come back and we're going to unpack some more of these, uh, these truths about directing women to the Lord. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt. And learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on Togginet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from the competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people can be you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Duswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Tuggynet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Tuggynet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, TrishaGoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. 
Well, we are talking to Pastor Barb Pruitt. She is the executive pastor at Faith Builders Church in Phoenix. And Barb, we were discussing before the break about the great exchange. Mm -hmm. Share a little bit more about how you use this philosophy in in your life, a little bit more about your story and how you became um, passionate for the girls. Absolutely. When I was um, 20 years old, the Lord was really capturing my heart for, I believe, what I'm doing now in my life. And I went through a season where the Lord told me not to date. He really was pulling me separate and with Him to really understand who He was. And at first when the Lord gave me this assignment not to date and set yourself apart, I said, yeah, this is awesome. This is God. And then about a week later, you know, the loneliness set in, the desire to be with someone set in, and I really desperately wanted to obey the Lord, but I had this ache of loneliness on the inside, and I didn't understand how to fulfill it. I was young in the Lord. I was young in the Word, and I remember, you know, days and weeks and months had went by, and everywhere I went, it seemed like somebody had somebody. You know, you'd see a couple at church walking out of church holding hands together, and I swear I saw little birds twirling and singing. They were so happy. (laughs) And and then you're driving in the car and you see a happy couple next to you, you know, on the billboard. It seemed like everywhere I looked, it screamed how alone I was. And I remember just aching with loneliness. And I said, God, I I just want to go on a date. I just want to feel pretty. I want to be romance. And I had all these desires. And I went home one day after work, and I was just in my room, and I grabbed my Bible, and I just I just held on to it real tight on my chest. And I said, God, I don't, I don't know how to be single, and I'm lonely, and I don't know how to do this. And I'm like, God, you have to help me. And just as quick as I said that to the Lord, I heard him say this. He said, I desire to meet all of your needs according to my riches and glory. And I realized that my desires to be pretty and romanced and feel loved, those are all natural desires. But God said, I have to fill them first so that you can function according to your purpose. And I literally, as I was standing in my room holding the Bible, because it was the only tangible part of God that I had, I felt the presence of the Lord come in my room and wrap his loving arms around me. And he just said, I'm going to fill you with my unconditional love. And this most amazing presence, came into my heart and filled me so deep that until this day, and I'm still single, I have never ached with loneliness again. Mm -hmm. Now, I've had the lonely moment, you know, you're going, okay, God, it's time. And, you know, you have those little moments that, you, you know, you wish someone was in your life, but there's nothing missing. There's mm-hmm. nothing broken in me, that ache and that loneliness that, that I was trying to fill in the natural, God completely filled on the inside of me. And that's what I'm talking about for these women, not just an experience at the altar or just a feel-good prayer, but I'm really talking about going into the depths of the loneliness, the ache, the brokenness, and letting God's love go so deep that you won't ever ache with it again. Well, and what you said there, Barb, is that you allowed God to go the deepest aches. And so I just had a girlfriend here last night. I would actually, after the show, I want to have have you meet her, um, give her your uh, contact because what you just said would really have an impact on her because she was just sharing. She sees God as just an imaginary friend. Right. And um, she now is, is working in an escort service. And I believe that it's because of that loneliness and that yeah. pain, it, it goes so deep that you will do whatever it takes. So it's true. she then um, chooses to be, you know, with men 
and to self-medicate. Yeah, to self-medicate. Right. And then you're also, you're getting the, the money, so that can be addicting. And then you get into this whole habitual behavior that the enemy just loves to see you spiral down and mm-hmm. making these choices. But when you ask her, do, do you ever have that, that, those moments of darkness and just the loneliness? She will say no, mm-hmm. because you're just not even allowing yourself to feel. Mm-hmm. You don't even you don't even have those emotions because you're not allowing God to even come close and enter enter in. Mm-hmm. Because she's filling it with other things. I that was one of the enlightening things for me in working with women. I the experience I had with the Lord at that moment in my room. I thought every woman knew how to have that relationship with the Lord. I just thought every woman did. And after talking with woman after woman, they don't know how to find the Lord this way. Because they're ashamed, they're running from him, they're hiding from him. Like you said, is he really real? You know, and I've learned that that's what I have to do, teach women how to know the presence of God. And through my experience in Esther's court, they are, they are learning God that way. But it is a process. So how do you, what would be your initial, like some um, tips to share with our listeners of just the beginning part of Esther's court that you help them to even see that they, I just to even realize that God is real and God will fill those void, fill mm-hmm. the void. Well, I am such a huge, I mean, advocate, and this may sound a little religious, but it's truth is I really empower women to get in the Word of God. Because it's the image of who we are. It's who God created us to be. And, you know, one of the sessions is we take out, you know, I take out a big mirror and we look in that natural mirror every day. I'm looking at my life. I'm looking at my insecurities and my failures. But we don't counteract that by looking in the image of who God says that we are. And when I was 18 years old and God was capturing me, I fell so in love with the Word of God. And I started to learn. I mean, I started in Genesis, and I loved it. And Exodus was amazing. And then I got lost with the children of Israel in the, in the, you know, in the desert, and it got boring to me. But then I went into the New Testament in Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and it started teaching me who I was in Christ and how I can live according to God and how I deal with struggles and persecution. And it honestly, the reason why I'm serving God today and why I believe I have a relationship with the Lord is because I really got into the Word of God. Mm-hmm. and unlock the principles of God. There's no other way. You know, but I, I do teach the women um, that when I read the Word, I invite the presence of the Holy Spirit in because the Holy Spirit brings truth. The Bible says that He reveals what the Father has to say. So what seems like dead words on a page that you go, I don't even get it, when you allow the Holy Spirit to come in and bring revelation, He'll bring an understanding to the Word. He'll unlock the mysteries is what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Barb, you, you're doing a few things coming up to just to really bring women in a little bit. I, I think you're doing mm-hmm. a TV show. I am, and I'm super excited about this. Um, I have received so many emails from girls looking for mentorship, and I can't possibly get to each of them. So the Lord put in my heart to launch a show called Inspire, Girls Inspiring Girls, and it's going to be a weekly broadcast, 15 minutes only. Um, I'm going to bring the principles from Esther's Court. We do personal ministry. We're teaching their value, their worth. Um, I've got my mom on there. We're going to teach parenting God's way. There's just so many awesome things coming, and I'm excited. That's going to launch on December 8th, I believe. Wow. Yes, that, I'm that's so exciting. excited. Well, and, you know, you made a good point. It's like there are so many um, 
young gals and just even women that need somebody to come alongside. And Patty, I always say every woman needs an advocate, a cheerleader to come alongside that just believes yes. in them. As women, we just don't have people that believe in us because we don't believe in ourselves. You and have nailed so, it on the head. That's it. And so if we can really create those communities where women are really being each other's cheerleaders, we can mm-hmm. truly change the world because yes. <laughs> women are so influential and when we use that but we have been so beat up and we have listened to so many negative voices so we just appreciate what you're doing and just and I, even the word inspire women need to be inspired yes or and to be, we do inspire each other don't you think we may not tell each other mm-hmm. but if i see her wearing a cute outfit i'm like hey that's kind of cute i might go figure that out in my closet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're natural inspirers and that's the passion behind this and then in 2012, we're launching a, um, it's called a day in Esther's Court. So we're going to power pack all of this material from Esther's Court over eight weeks into one day. And it's a conference for girls that are 18 to 28 years old. So we're focusing right on their life issues, right where they're at. And um, I'm looking for women who are 30 plus to help volunteer and be a part of that. So I'm super excited. So you're saying 30 plus are the older women now? <laughs> I know, and I fall in that category. <laughs> no, we definitely will do something for that age group too, um, absolutely. But the Lord really put on my heart 18 to 28 years old that I really want us as the older women to be love for them, minister to them, be hope for them, um, and really give them something that says, you know what, this is just for you. We're not going to focus on the older group this time. We're going to just focus on loving these young girls to life. Now, how can they find out about your TV show of, of when you're on? Is it an Internet it's going to launch as an Internet show, and then we're, we're working on some other options to go television. But right now it's an Internet show. And if they just want to go to my website, barbpruitt.com, everything that's up and coming will be on that website, the conference in, in 2012, and then also the TV launch. And tell us about your conference. What age group? It's going to be 18 to 28-year-olds. Um, and we're going to have drama, illustrated music. We're going to go through all the processes of Esther's Court. We're going to pray over them. There's the one whole session of breaking shame. We're going to bring that to them. I need uh, volunteers. So if you are a beautiful woman who loves God, I, w- I need some help to just organize registration, praying at the altars, anything involved with that. I would welcome the help. And I and think it's, it's, we're going to keep it real affordable. I don't have the location yet, um, but that will be on the website as soon as we have that. And is this your first conference with Esther's Court? It is. For doing a one-day geared towards this age group will be the very first time. It's been in my heart for over a year, and the Lord said, now is the time to do it. So we're going to step out by faith and do it. I love that. And we that's such an encouragement to so many young gals that, like we said earlier in the show, you know, we all are entitled to certain things. And, and so many young gals have had a childhood taken away from them for, you know, whatever reason yeah. or just a, a safe family environment. And it's it's good to provide those places of, of just w- women can just kind of download and, yeah. and save for once. And, the, and especially in the company of other women mm-hmm. to go, um, you know, I am. I'm safe here. I can share my story and other mm-hmm. stories. And, and just as our stories start meshing and connecting with each other, we can really learn from each other and, um, and be inspired, like what you were saying. Yes. So we and you realize I'm not the only one going through this. And sometimes that's half the victory, don't you think? Absolutely. Like, wow, 
I'm not the only one. (laughs) Exactly. And we need to get that word out. So thank you for joining us this day. And we encourage our listeners to to go to your website at Barb Pruitt to learn more about Esther's Court and the amazing ministry you are doing. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. The Multi-Ethnic Church with Mark DeMoss. Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central, is a show that passionately addresses the question, if the kingdom of heaven is not segregated, then why on earth is your local church? Yes, increasingly, our diverse population and the diverse families it's producing is reshaping the face of the local church as people are beginning to recognize the power and beauty of walking, working, and worshiping God together with others of different backgrounds. How can your church overcome the obstacles, and why should you even try? Join a live chat with guests from around the country and the world to learn the effectiveness of churches in the 21st century beyond race and class distinction. This show has its pulse on what it will take for the church to find real reconciliation in our generation. So tune in for the Multi-Ethnic Church with Mark DeMoss, Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central, here on toginet.com. Christian work-at-home moms, here is your own show on Toginet. It's CWAM, Christian work-at-home moms with Jill Hart and Diana Innan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. central on Toginet. Um, I'd love to share with you just a little bit about how CWAM can help you, whether you are new to the work-at-home world and just starting out your search, or whether you've been working at home for a while and are looking to grow your business. Jill Hart is the founder of Christian Work-at-Home Moms, CWAM.com, and co-author of So You Want to Be a Work-at-Home Mom. Jill has worked from home from 2000 and started her home-based business to assist other Christians who desire to work from home while maintaining a godly life. And Diana Ennett with virtualwordpublishing.com. I really, truly want to see you succeed, want to share the joy that I have in being home with my kids and being able to build my own business. And she's ready to help you now. Christian Work at Home Moms with Jill Hart and Diana Ennett. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are talking today about entitlement, and we have Central Student Ministry Pastor Bree Johns. And Bree, we've had you on before, and since you're such a delightful friend of ours, we had to have you back because you have a head full of wisdom there, especially talking about this generation, the Y generation, and um, just talking about entitlement and going into the holidays. Most of the parents out there are dealing with a bit of this entitlement issue. So welcome back, Bree. Thank you, you guys. It's so good to be back. And I love talking with you guys. I love talking about teens and, 
Yes, it is definitely that time of year where the getting is bigger than the giving. And yeah, I worry about our teenagers. They worry about parents. I've had more parents in my office just recently telling me I've created a monster. I don't know what to do. You know, my, my teenager wants this or my teenager won't help around the house because they feel like they deserve to be, you know, catered after and that kind of a thing. And it's, it's such a bummer because it's just kind of the cultural influence of where we're at as a society. And, and then on top of it, I think that some of that stems from, you know, parenting where we've, given our kids too much because we want to earn, we want them to respect us. We want them to love us. So, yeah. That, that is so true. I, I love the part where, where they're saying I've created a monster because that's the sad part yeah. as parents. We know that we have created this and yet we don't know how to, how to stop it. And you really do have to sit down and you have to stop it. I know it's funny. Just this weekend, we listened to a message on I I have enough and how we're entitled to, especially at Christmas time. It's just want, want, want. Right. And I sat there next to my own teenagers and I'm thinking, oh, this is such a great message. And literally, not to bag on my kids because I love them to death and I know they have a great heart. <laughs> we go far and my daughter like, mom, are we going to go to the outlet store? Cause I wanted these vans. And <laughs> my husband and I looked at each other like, okay, did were you did, listening <laughs> we're not in the same room? <laughs> and it's like, you do, you sit there and you go, yes, yes, yes. But by the way, I need this and this and this. And right. We- I need, yes. that's the big, that's that big word because, um, I actually just taught the last two weeks, um, my students on a a series called backwards living and how we view money and how we value, um, how we value things sometimes more than we value, like in God's economy, God's biggest value is people. And in the world's economy, the world's biggest economy is stuff and money and getting rich. And so we talked about it together about, you know, there were two guys in the Bible that were both rich, that both had money and yet they viewed their money differently. There was the rich young ruler who God or Jesus realized that, you know, he was, he, he had an addiction to his stuff. And he said, you know, I've, I've been a Christian, I've been a follower of God. I've, I've followed all the rules, you know, I've done all the 10 commandments. And Jesus said, well, there's one thing that you lack, you know, you got to sell all your stuff and then you can follow me. Like he saw his heart condition. It even said that Jesus looked at him and he loved him. And so he knew it was the one thing he couldn't let go of. And it said that the rich young ruler walked away sad. And then the other guy was the Good Samaritan, you know, a, a guy who used his money as a tool and um, was able to help a, a poor Jewish man who was beat up and mugged on the side of the road who was dying and nobody would help him and took him to an inn and paid for all the things that he had. So it really comes down to value, like who, who and what do we value? And this society right now, culture, look at the NBA lock-in, look at Jersey Shore and the Kardashians and people who are getting paid ridiculous amounts of money for being, you know, just being who they are. And you're just thinking, how do my teenagers look to these people and think that's my role model? I want to be like that. I want to be like Jersey Shore. I want to have stuff. I want to, I want to live crazy lives. And I don't know, just kind of, they have this mixed message. And so living for God is backwards and it's hard to retrain that as a pastor and as a parent and just all of us trying to raise this tribe of kids. 
But that, but those are two great stories from the Bible, like you said, because I, I've even had my own son come to me and you know, they, they get this where in their heart, they go, I just want to give everything over to God. I just want to help the poor and I just want to send it to missions. And it's, it's exactly what you said. It's the love of money. It doesn't mean you have to right, right. live in poverty and give everything up, you know, and just maybe if that's where God's calling you, but it's okay to have the money. And maybe God's putting you in that circle of influence, like the Good Absolutely. Samaritan, where you, yeah, where you can give that money, do awesome things with the money that you have. Right. And money isn't the root of all evil. And, you know, if you've heard Dave Ramsey and his whole spiel, his, the, the financial guru, Dave Ramsey, says that money is amoral. You know, you put it in somebody's hands and money isn't good or bad. The, it's, it's, the person is moral. The person has to make the decisions with the money. And so when we're teaching our teenagers to become mature adults, um, being able to teach them the value of stuff and the value and respect of others and being grateful and giving. And it's okay to disappoint your kids during Christmas. It's okay to say, you know, if you want that video game, why don't you come clean out the garage and I'll help you pay for it instead of just full on going and buying it. We really, you know, in our homes, we need to just raise our kids and let them know that I'm going to provide for you the things that you need, but the luxury stuff that that's that's not you're not entitled to that and i think because we've got this generation that feels so entitled to things we've got this whole generation of young adults um who are in debt who are just credit carding it up and and just trying to live a lifestyle that um that isn't you're like trying to keep up with the joneses and yet you're you're dying uh, it just in complete debt and so it's become like an epidemic of instant gratification i want this now i need this now well, and I think that's a great tip, especially right now going into the holidays. I know um, when my kids were younger, I would help them purchase the gifts for their cousins and for each other. And I wish that I would not, if I could say one tip for listeners, it's not to help them unless they, they work for it. Because now as they're getting older, they're still coming to me going, hey, will you help me buy this this gift? And I think it goes back into the credit card. <laughs> it just, it becomes something right. that they ha- they don't have to earn it. They can go ahead and purchase it without having, yeah, it's the entitlement. They don't have the, that cold, hard cash in their hand to, to make the purchase and they haven't worked for it. Well, it's so hard because we live in a society and in our neighborhoods where there's a lot of competition. Um, and so we do, our kids do grow up thinking it is my right to have that new car when I turn 16, Mm -hmm. because we're seeing all these new cars in these high school parking lots where they're, they're getting these brand new vehicles and, and, and they're not learning the value of having to work for something. Well, and you know, I, I, interrupting you, but even as down, down to birthday parties, they're invited to all these birthday parties. Right. And they can't earn the the money to get that gift, but you also don't want your child going with a lame gift. Because, <laughs> yeah, know, it's not cool, obviously, if you don't have you, some of the stuff that's out there. Right. It matters. It's like, I don't want them thinking, okay, yeah, Patty bought this, like, you know, this $2 gift, the dollar store from my kid. And <laughs> you end up buying a nice gift so your kids see that, oh, my mom will just buy all this stuff for me. And right. it, yeah, it just keeps going in that spiral. Right. You know, the hardest question I get from parents that just along the lines of entitlement and, and I've created a monster is how do you undo this? How do you undo this with my child? <laughs> and 
it's so hard to retrain a teenager, especially who has been accustomed to getting or has been maybe coddled or not coddled, but like has been given a lot, just hasn't had to do chores at home, hasn't had to earn much. And it really is kind of a shift in lifestyle in your entire household to be able to undo some of that stuff and reteach because obviously teenagers, they get a, they're, they're accustomed to what's going on. And, and when you take something away, you're going to have a bit of a blow up. And I think some parents are a little bit afraid of taking that step because of just what they'll be inviting the, the sheer hostility they'll be inviting into their home. But I do think that we, we need to start evaluating that and it's okay to sit. My, when my husband lost his job for a couple of years and we sat them down and said, look, we're not going to keep living in the same lifestyle that you're used to. And Christmas isn't going to look the same as it did in the past. And it's, it's pretty crazy how your kids just go, Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. If you talk to them like adults, definitely. And they see that, okay, we need to work together and you cast the vision that as a team we're moving forward and if you guys can, you know, get odd jobs and make money to buy those, purchase those gifts, it, it is amazing. I, it's like they want to. They Absolutely. Really they want to be a part of the solution. Well, we have well, bar so low for them. We don't, we don't even have a bar for them to attain to. And mm-hmm. I think kids like a challenge. We all like a challenge. We all like somebody to to put something in front of us and, and, um, you, you know, and, and, and to take the, the com- competition within ourselves to see what we are capable of. If, we, if nobody ever pushes us, we don't know what we're capable of doing. And, I, and kids are, are capable of so much more. And especially learning how to manage their finances because someday they are going to be managing their own household. And it's going to be disastrous if they don't learn these money skills, you know, when they're under our roofs. Right. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, I, this is kind of a generation of kids who want to be a part of a cause. They want to help. They want to do. Um, when we've done fundraisers to help people who are in need or when we've done events where we've gone out to reach out to different um, groups that need help, um, they, they're the, kids are, teenagers are the first to sign up. They want to be a part of the solution. They want to give. I think that it's just about inspiring that and compelling them to that. Uh, and I think that that kind of grows them in their maturity and helps them to see that, oh, I, I feel like I have better conversations with kids after an event where we've gone. Like we just a couple weeks ago, we went and took a bunch of teenagers to um, to reach out to some some refugees from Burma. And just being able to see someone in a different situation than yourself, uh, all of a sudden perspective has changed and their their focus has changed and, you know, they want to help more. And so that's kind of, you don't have to necessarily be stern and be a disciplinarian when it comes to, okay, we're going to change everything because you're too spoiled and you've got this entitlement issue. Um, it really is just about helping a student change their perspective. And like you said, they're very impressionable and they do want to learn. They do want to be good and they do want to grow. Um, it's just kind of the approach and how we take it. Well, we're going to take a break really quick and hold that thought and come back and talk about maybe the angle of parenting and as parents, the responsibility we have in this whole entitlement thing. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Get ready for Officer Radio. Every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Officer.com. It's powered by the worldwide resources of Officer.com and hosted by Editor-in-Chief of Officer.com and 30-year law enforcement veteran Frank Borelli. Officer.com is your source for the latest news, trends, and issues facing the law enforcement community, which change almost daily. New regulations, new things to know about that affect all in law enforcement. Join us each week as Officer Borelli and his guests examine, dissect, and discuss the issues facing our industry. Call in live and join the conversation to get your voice heard. For more law enforcement news and more about the show, go to Officer.com. You can even find us on Facebook and Twitter. Then join us live every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Officer.com. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We're continuing our show. I am having a hard time. Where did that word come from? Continually. Yeah, we're continuing. <laughs> Our show today, and with Bree, we're so we just appreciate you and how you're just articulating this whole issue of entitlement among our teens, and so much of it, the responsibility goes back to the parents and how we're parenting and and the values we are um, teaching our children or not teaching our children. So as we kind of wrap this um, the show up today on this issue, can you give us some, just for parents out there, like you said, they sit in your office and say, I've created a monster. What do you advise the parents and what could you, um, what kind of advice can you give parents to head off so they don't have to come in your office and say, I've created a monster? <laughs> that is the hardest question of the century, seriously, because at that point, at this point, when they're teenagers, you're like, oh, man, you know, you've only got a couple more years to help kind of retrain and redirect your child. Um, you have to, I mean, I would say trust in the Lord, obviously, for your strength, because this is going to be a hard shift. Um, if, if you're going to change things maybe in your home, 
like helping them understand finances. I love, Patty, when you were saying that you sat your kids down and just were real with them. I think treating teenagers like young adults because they're almost adults and helping them understand what the value of money is and the value of stuff and the value of relationships and and the value of being a part of a household and contributing and earning things instead of constantly getting things. And that's that's a hard shift just because, in the like you said, when the kids go to school and when they hang out with their friends and they go out to different places, um, they see their peers, you know, getting all kinds of stuff. And for them to be able to have experiences that are deeper than stuff is another thing as well. Like get them into situations where they are giving. Get them into situations where they are um, helping others and, and having that perspective change, Where whether that's helping the homeless or it's, you know, going and encouraging some neighbors and allowing them to have those treasured moments and those values, that'll help direct a, a child to understand, okay, in God's economy, this is what matters because ultimately, in the end of everything, money's not going to save a life. Money's not going to help somebody um, through a struggle. Money's not necessarily the end-all, be-all, and it's not the ultimate fixer. And so we've got to teach kids how to um, be emotionally mature when it comes to just life stuff. And then maybe the dependence on things won't be so great. And love all that stuff. And one of the things you said that I think applies not only to teens, but to all of us as adults is learning how to give and to serve. And when you do that, you get to focus off yourself and your own issue, so to speak. And you're, you're seeing life through the lens of others. And, and all of a sudden your, your stuff doesn't look so bad by comparison. And we, we all need to learn to just to give more, to serve more, to reach out more, to get beyond ourselves. And like you said, that giving and getting the mentality. Uh, It's not about what we can accumulate, but it's what we can give away. And I love, there's a, it's the the, uh, president of, I think it's compassion. He says he he doesn't want to will his kids money. He wants to will them experiences. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I think we have been so conditioned in our society to, to value money, play such a over-exaggerated value on it. And that is the measure of success and the measure of value. So what you're saying is so great. We, we have to deprogram. I like what you said, thinking backwards, kind of deprogram in some ways. Right. And like you said, the value of people is so much greater. Really. It's just about the moments that we have on this planet, not the stuff that we can obtain. And the more we can just instill that in our children, the better I think just our, our world will be. Absolutely. Okay. What would you address when you, when you have parents? Cause like Patty even talked about earlier, you know, when, when her kid gives a gift, we, we give, we do so many things for our kids because we don't want to be shamed as an adult, like what the other parents would think, you know, so you kind yeah. of exact, you're playing that game and we all do that. And it is important. It is important. Like even as women, when we, when we go places, we, it matters to us what we, what we look like and what we wear, because it matters what another woman's opinion will be of us. Right. So There's that comparison game. Absolutely. And that is so toxic, but it's so real. And we all experience that on some level, no matter what our worlds look like. How do we start deprogramming? What would you tell parents to go, you know, it doesn't really matter playing that game. How would you start um, even addressing that with them? And because I think there's a lot of pride with with even with us and adults to admit, no, I don't have an issue with that. But even teaching parents to, to rethink life a little bit 
Oh man, that's so <laughs> that's a really hard question too. Um, hard questions because I know it's a heart issue. Answer. You know, <laughs> it's a heart condition, <laughs> and I struggle with it just as much as any woman. Um, of gosh, she's got it all together. She has this, or her kids look so so put together. They have all the stuff that they need or they want, or their husband, they, their husband works and I don't have to, or they don't have to. And you, know, you look at different things where that comparison game can become so toxic, like you said. And, um, I would say that that would definitely be a spot for Satan to try and destroy a family. And obviously Satan's after families of all types of relationships because he knows that that does the most destruction. And the woman in the house has to be a good, bold example of someone who loves God and who, um, who lives just lives in a passionate life and, and doesn't worry about things. And I know that that's kind of, I don't know if that's really the answer. I, I just know that moms in general in the home and, and, and dads, they have to be the example to their kids on, you know, living a life that, that is exciting with, with or without stuff. I think adventures can come with or without stuff. And I think that I, I can take pride in my family with or without stuff. It just depends on how my family's being led. And that has to be, you know, it has to start with mom and dad and they have to team up on that. I agree. And I think the mom is so powerful in setting the tone in the household and how you, how you view things and, and what we're doing with, you know, you even down to report card. I know my kids will say, so-and-so gets an ice cream cone or so-and-so gets a cone bell, or so-and-so. And it's like, well, this so-and-so gets to sit right here at this kitchen table and, and enjoy me. High five. <laughs> so it, and it's making it that. fun and just, you know, letting them know that, yes, right. for the rest of your life, so-and-so you'll be able to compare yourself. There's to- always going to be somebody. There's always going to be somebody who's getting something more. I remember in high school, my dad would pay us $10 for every A and a hundred dollars for straight A's. Like that's a lot of money for a teenager. And, um, but I could look at my other friends who were getting more money or they were getting cars or yeah, it, you can get so wrapped up in that. And obviously giving a kid a high five for their A is good, <laughs> is good as well. Um, it is. Obviously and, and that's exactly pay. what we do. We do high fives for, and guess what? Your A is going to help you in life. It's, it's a powerful thing that you have an A, but it doesn't always bring you, you know, financial rewards because you're doing well. Well, that doesn't show your worth. Yeah, but if you choose, if parents choose to give money, then I know in, in life, when you do well at work, you're going to get paid. So right. that's an area where I, I think can go either way. But sometimes every little thing that we do, we reward our kids and um, uh-huh. they grow up thinking every little, every everything needs to be praised and it's not always going to, to be that way. I know even if, my kids, if we're at the store and they're short $2, I can be re- a really mean mom and say, you know what, you you can't get it then. You're going to have mm-hmm. to earn $2 and come back and get that. And some people can look at that and go, you're horrible. But I look at it and go, if I don't have the money, I don't like to put it on my credit card and I don't want to teach them to put that $2 to, that they owe me. You know, exactly. that and is it something that you need? And, and it really, the entitlement issue boils down to where do I find my value and where, what do I value? 
And if I'm constantly saying I have to have this and I'll do anything to have it, then we become, money becomes a master of our lives instead of um, just letting God be our everything. And that's... Absolutely. That is the, that's the bottom line right there. And, and so many times, even like you said, do you really need it? Half the time they'll put it back and then they won't even remember it. That's what's so sad. If, if, if they really want it, they'll earn that $2 and go back to it. But most of the time out of sight, out of mind. Well, and yeah. I think forget the, the, uh, the objective of the game basically is to, at the end, you know, by, by the time our children are 18 or whatever, we really want to be able to, um, to produce like financially responsible, independent adults and reproduce that. That's really our goal as parents is to, to produce adults that can, they can live life and manage their resources. And so when you make these decisions earlier on, is that helping you attain that goal? And we forget that because we're not, we're not setting them up for success in that way. We're setting them up for failure and disappointment. And so we almost have to backtrack and look at, you know, what, what is my end goal here with my child? And I know like when, when uh, my husband and I were trying, we're raising our kids, that was one of those things we go, okay, by the time they're 18, our goal is by the time they're 18, they should be able to be independent and know how to manage their finances and be able to live on their own and be self-supporting adults, whether they do that or not, but, it, but they should be able to do that. And that was our goal. So every, every year we release a little bit more um, responsibility to them to see how they would handle it and worked with them. And, and that was always our goal in front. And I, so many times we don't have goals as parents. Yeah. To know, we're just taking day to day with that. Well, that your responsibility is to kind of hem them in. Like, you know, in Psalm 139, where it talks about God hems me in behind and before me, like just giving us a piece of life at a time is all we need. We need to be protected from before, like in front of us and behind us. And I think with kids, it's the same thing that we can't just, you know, give them everything they want and expect them to be responsible. And we can't take everything away because then then they don't understand. I mean, then they think a life of poverty is what they're called to as well. So just being able to give them little bits at a time, I think, to teach them responsibility and value is what's best. Well, and Bree, that's a great a great way to end into the show. Um, is just give them a little bit out of the time and teach them in, in increments. And you've given us some great articles that we have posted on Girlfriend It under Leading It that articles of entitlement that will help parents, even with this subject, take it further. So this has been Girlfriend It Radio. It's Patty and Lisa. We've been talking with Bree Johns this day right now, and we want to encourage you to have a great day and uh, and enjoy life. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show designed.